Okay. Student Radio Maastricht. This is Student Radio Maastricht, and you're listening to Maastricht Musings, the show in which Kira Redmond, one of our producers, talks to bachelor students about their final thesis topics. Episode 3, Ryan on Faith and Sustainability. Happy listening. Hi, I'm Kira Redmond, and welcome back to the third episode of Maastricht Musings, a podcast series in which I interview bachelor students who, like me, are in the midst of writing their thesis. I have come across so many unique and interesting topics, and I wanted to create a space for them to be shared, and for each episode to uncover what makes each of these topics so worth writing a thesis on. In this episode, I spoke to Ryan Kelly about religion and environmentalism. Ryan focuses on environmental science at University College Maastricht, and he's exploring the ways in which the teachings of Catholicism can fill the existing gaps he has uncovered in environmental philosophy. Ryan is actually my housemate, which has meant that we have had countless conversations and discussions, some of which have included his religious perspectives on particular issues. I once barged into his room to ask him if he believed if his religious beliefs contradicted his belief in evolution, for example. Recently, we've also discussed, at length, the Irish referendum on the legalisation of abortion that took place last week. I really appreciate being able to have these sorts of discussions with you, Ryan. And I also really appreciate you taking the time to record this episode with me. So welcome to Maastricht Musings, episode three. Orion! Yes? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Why, hello. Thank you for joining me in my bedroom today. I know it was a very long walk for you to come here from your bedroom. I know, it was a full, like, 14 stairs. Yeah. <laughs> very difficult for me. Um, obviously, I already know you uh, because I've been living with you for two years. But would you be able to introduce yourself? My name is Ryan Kelly. I'm originally from Ireland and I'm in the last semester of my bachelor's here in Maastricht. Mm -hmm. And what do you study in Maastricht? I am at UCM and I'm focusing on sciences. So my interest is mostly in environmental sciences and sustainability um, and the associated social sciences with that. So not just the chemistry, biology, but the policymaking, philosophy, sociology, etc. Mm -hmm. So combining a bit of the social sciences and humanities as well. Very liberal arts in that sense. So liberal. <laughs> Um, so with that in mind, what is your thesis topic, or capstone um, as UCM calls it? My topic is to do with religion and environmentalism. I really wanted to integrate my interest in theology with my interest in environmental science. And so I came to this topic of environmental theology. Uh, so in approaching environmental issues through a theological paradigm in order to better understand the issues that we're going through, but also potentially how we can solve them through uh, employing the principles of religion in society. Mm -hmm. Really cool topic. Um, so you were saying that you want to incorporate a sort of a, a theological approach to environmental science. Um, and so how do you do that in your thesis? So through my studies, I have noticed that while the scientific aspects, so the methodologies are quite well founded, uh, the philosophy is quite poorly developed, or at least it's pluralist to the extent that it becomes 
sometimes contradicting. So what I really wanted to do was take um, the dominant paradigm, which is sustainable economics, and apply this alongside deep ecology, Gaia theory, and ecofeminism. I wanted to evaluate the different strengths, the different core principles of each of these approaches to environmental sustainability. And I wanted to isolate what connects them, but also what divides them. And, and in some way, integrate these into a more holistic, sustainable development paradigm. And I noticed in doing this work that many of the theories, especially with deep ecology, you have this idea of self-realization, of um, oneness with nature, of inherent value in nature and in all living things. Gaia theory really discusses this idea of holism. So we don't have individual ecosystems working together, but we have one earth system with very many related parts. And ecofeminism especially focuses on uh, this idea of liberation from the subject-object divide that we've created based on our enlightenment values in Western civilization. I noticed that each of the, the principles that these different theories were founded on were something that could be found mirrored in Catholic social teaching and Catholic theology, that Catholicism and its uh, intellectual tradition has provided an integrated framework in which these theories work synergistically. They work together towards a goal of, of liberation and communitarianism and really working together for this idea of stewardship with nature, this idea of coexisting with wilderness, not in the, as it's normally portrayed, as this domineering foundation of enlightenment values. But it was something that I also wanted to explore, is this, this idea in the Western tradition that religion formed the basis of colonization and environmental degradation and everything that was associated with it. But looking at the actual theological texts and the actual foundations of Christianity, we find quite the opposite. This idea of pure equality amongst all living beings, this idea of oneness with nature and being uh, integrated into the wilderness and not using the wilderness for our own human desires or, or wants, but really becoming integrated into this broader ecosystem that we all live in. Yeah. So you're seeing the teachings of Catholicism as a potential solution to the challenges that we face with sustainable development at the moment. Yeah, I, I really, well, I, I feel that um, Catholicism doesn't have the direct practical, like, to solve the, the problem, we have to do X, Y, and Z. If it did, we would have solved the problem. But it really does form the first steps for me in bringing together all of these different ideas that are all equally important for building a society that is much more sustainable in terms of social sustainability, our relationship with others, in terms of environmental sustainability, our relationship not only to nature, but our relationship as a part of nature. And also this idea of economic sustainability, because in the current world that we're in, the, the dominant uh, force in many sectors of, of our society is the economic drivers. And we, <clears throat> well, I, I think we would be kind of crazy to assume that we can solve this problem without the economy, because even people that are very much involved in environmentalism 
we rely on economic drivers to supply our standard of living or our life quality, depending on how you want to frame it. And this economic foundation of how we interact in our in our civilizations is very important. We must incorporate this or else all of our efforts are going to be up against a rather solid brick wall. Yeah. So you need an approach that can incorporate all these things that need to be taken into consideration. Yeah. And for me, um, I found that um, Catholic theology offers this integrated approach, this this framework in which we can bring together all the core principles and we can apply them in concrete ways. So we need to first interpret the principles, but we can apply them to the current issues and also the issues that change with time because theology, in essence, is an evolving thing. It needs to change with the social context of the age. And so we can continue to reinterpret these principles as we deem necessary in order to really solve these issues not in a mitigating way, in a way that we minimize damage, but really in an emancipatory way, in a way that we bring ourselves closer to this ideal world of living in a much more just society in terms of how we treat one another, but also in how we treat the other as part of nature or the other as something that is not uh, sentient or not alive. Like even if we talk about uh, treating Natures or nature as the forest or the mountains that we see these things as having inherent value that is not linked to sentience or consciousness or life as as movement or autonomy. Mm-hmm. So then there are, from what I understand, two key elements to your thesis. The one is sustainable development or environmental science, and the other is theology or em- or specifically Catholicism. Um, would you be able to explain why these two things are important to you? So maybe first, why is sustainable development important to you? Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting question because it's it's hard to answer them in isolation, um, but I can always try. Um, so I've always been somewhat interested in biology and ecology. I just had an interest in nature um, from quite a young age. But this interest also stems from um, my religious background. Uh, I, as I am a practicing Catholic, and this uh, principle of stewardship of nature and really caring for the earth as creation and not something that is for our exploitation has always been something that I have held quite dear to me. And so my interest and my religious observance somewhat coincide in environmental science. And so it's been something that I've been um, not just studying, but active in in extracurricular ways as well in the past. Yeah. Would you be able to explain um, how you've incorporated this into your extracurricular activities, if that's what you call them, when you leave in the middle of exam week to a foreign country um, without giving us much notice? I would like to point out that I do give you a notice and I very much leave before exam weeks, sometimes just two days before, but very much before. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, when I moved uh, to Maastricht, I joined the board uh, of the Sustainability Committee for a number of terms, um, but then I began to get involved in more international organizations. So I joined the International Movement of Catholic Students, uh, Pax Romana, 
and I help them out in, in various uh, ways. So they often send delegates to different conferences around the world, and they're especially interested in this idea of sustainable development based on Catholic social teaching. So they really incorporate this call to protect creation into the very mandate of their organization. But I've also been involved in a few different organizations and I've done some work with the EU and most of it is advocacy. So really trying to bring this discussion of not just a fossil fuel divestment, not just renewable energy investment and not just this idea of sustainable transitions within the economy, but to bring forward this desire for a, a new way to think about how we interact with one another in our society and how we interact with nature. That we are not separate from nature, as has been the previous subject-object divide, as we discuss, but that we are really dependent on nature and nature is dependent on us. We've seen the huge effects that we've had on ecosystems over the past two, three hundred years, over the past millennia. But that these influences that we have on nature come back to influence us. And not, not only in a, a practical, not only in a tactile way that it can increase the likelihood of severe uh, tropical storms or it can increase soil erosion, but also in a very deep uh, spiritual way that we, how we approach nature and how we think about nature as something separate, something there for our use, begins to influence how we see ourselves and how we see others. If we have this disposable society that we live in where we can produce as much plastic as we want and throw it away because we're in this high consumptive paradigm, well, this starts to influence how we perceive other human beings and we start to maybe see these people as also disposable and it really begins to affect not just the ecosystems we live in, but also the very relationship we have with ourselves and the very relationship we have with others around us. Mm -hmm. So speaking about your relationship with others around you, how have you found that your understanding of sustainable development has changed by going out of your of the social bubble that you grew up in? Yeah. How has it changed at all? Uh, yeah, so I, I've, I've engaged now in a number of different countries uh, in the context of sustainable development or uh, sustainability. And I, I have noticed and I've come to appreciate that each context comes with its own challenges. It, it comes with its own opportunities, certainly, but it comes with a very unique set of challenges to be overcome. As an example, when I did my semester abroad in the United States, I went to the University of California. And before I went there, I was definitely told that California, yeah, it's much more of a liberal state, it's more European, it's more leftist in its politics, etc. But even when I was there, I noticed that a lot of the discussion surrounding sustainable development, the SDGs, the 2030 agenda, wasn't on the level of implementation that we tend to discuss in Europe, but it was really on a much more foundational level as you know, do we have a right to pollute? Or given our right to pollute, how much pollution is permissible? And it was really on a, a much more, dare I say, basic level uh, that I, I found it quite shocking that I'm very much used to 
you know, given we need to do something, what are we going to do? And how can we do this as quickly as possible? To then be thrown into a context that was, oh no, we're not exactly sure we have to do anything yet because we do have this right to pollute that we need to defend. And I found it really challenging to engage at first because I just didn't know how to approach this situation. And this is the same in, in, in every country. It comes with so many opportunities, but also so many different unique challenges that you need to really have an understanding of the culture and the society and the foundational principles of action in these societies in order to adjust your approach, in order to really try to bring people on board with this idea of we need to change, we need to change quickly, and change can be a good thing. Yeah. I think that example of we already have this right to pollute that you came across in the US and so they're using that as a standpoint, I think you could argue that's very individualistic and it reminds me of when you were speaking before about how this the current paradigm that we have in what we call Western countries is derived from the Enlightenment thinking of individualism and now you can also see that in the realm of sustainable development yeah um so we have what we call the anthropocene so this very human driven era which affects the environment because we're focusing we're putting the humans first um can you see the approaches that you found within catholicism as a way of tackling this in some way Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's always an interesting discussion to have about and it's usually framed as how do we solve the anthropocene Um, But for me, I I don't think it's something that can be solved the way a carbon-based economy can be solved with renewable energy and bio-based materials. It's not something that we can very easily revert or overcome. It's something that's now with us to stay. The fact is, is that for the past, however long you want to define it, from the domestication of wheat 10,000 odd years ago or to the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, for the past number of centuries at least, if not millennia, humanity has become the dominant influence on the earth. And I I don't necessarily think that the way to achieve a sustainable living is to kind of renounce our claim to that. I, I think that really we need to recognize that this is now the state of affairs. We are the dominant force in in these ecosystems but that is not inherently a bad thing like we have to at least it's my belief that we have to accept things as they are and we are now the dominant ecological force but this is not inherently a bad thing like it's not in and of itself something that we should be afraid of because it presents us with a huge opportunity we we are as an influencer in these ecosystems we now have a choice. Do we continue to be a negative influence? Do we continue to pollute our rivers? Do we continue to fill landfills? Do we continue to burn fossil fuels? Or are we prepared? Are we mature enough? Are we informed enough to decide that change is necessary and that we want to cast off this destructive mindset, this destructive approach, and really embody who we are. We are an integral part of these ecosystems and we should start acting like it. We should start caring for creation in a much more positive way, in a much more emancipatory way so we can protect the wilderness as 
as much of it is left, but that we can begin to restore ecosystems to a much higher level of biodiversity, that we can begin to restore forests, so we can begin to see oceans becoming less acidic and more abundant with life. That we, ha- we have a choice in the Anthropocene as the dominant ecological force to choose, do we abuse that power? Do we abuse that position? Or do we take that position as a responsibility? It's now our responsibility as the dominant ecological force to care for those that have no power to change. I think that's a really good point, really good point to make. It's this different approach to seeing the Anthropocene. I think it's a really good insight. So then to sum this all up, you've been um, drawing attention to the challenges that we see in sustainable development right now. There are many different approaches. There's a lot of confusion. Um, what would you say for someone who may not be as um, informed about this as you are? How can you get a, a better understanding? It's always, yeah, it's always an interesting question um, because we, in, in academia especially, we we run the risk of, of ending up in these kind of elitist circles with like a bit of pride and pretense that we are the informed ones and all these poor poor people they don't know anything about this and how do we how do we continue to push for more and more knowledge how do we continue to inform ourselves without falling into this divide of i know more than you therefore you should trust me on this um but i really i do think that just beginning to talk about the environment not as a as a fateless kind of oh the environment is all going to be destroyed and we're all doomed but to really just ask you know what do i think like do i really care about the environment and if i do what does that mean for my life like what does that mean for my plastic consumption what does it mean for my travel what does it mean for you know, my daily commute. Do I buy a bike or do I continue to drive a car? And I, I really do, even though I'm quite critical of deep ecology, I really do believe in their founding principles of the the first step is always to ask questions, to go deeper into your own beliefs, but also to ask questions of others. What do you believe? Why do you think that you have a right to pollute? Where I think that we have a responsibility not to pollute, to have these conversations. And I'm a big advocate of discussion. I really think that we need to have these conversations, not just in our own circles, but to go further and to start talking to people that maybe are completely opposed to this. They don't agree with climate change. Well, it's always good to ask. Recently, I ran into a situation where Someone asked me, oh, now that you're finishing up, like, what are your plans or what are you doing right now? And then I mentioned, oh, like, I plan to go into maybe ocean conservation, maybe something to do with the Arctic because it's something I'm interested in. But right now I'm writing my thesis on religion and the environment. And this person was quite right wing Christian and quite fundamentalist. And they started to lecture me about, like, climate change is a myth, like, it's all fabricated by the government. And there's a risk in that to just kind of dismiss them as a crazy person to just say oh like you know poor them they don't know anything but in that moment you have such an opportunity and I asked well like why do you believe this because if you say that you're a Christian etc then surely you believe in creation as a gift 
and surely you would agree that we need to protect this gift because degrading the environment is degrading this reflection of the divine that we have been presented to, that we've been asked to care for. And if you neglect this reflection of the, of the divine, what does that say about your relationship with God? What does that say about your appreciation of the faith you claim to have? And so through this, this conversation, we, re, we get to understand one another better and we get to bridge these divides. So I, I'm a big fan of just go out, ask questions because the answers will always follow. Yeah. Those conversations are tough, but they're worth having. As always. This was the third episode of Maastricht Musings, with more coming soon, so stay tuned. Student Radio Maastricht is a platform for students in Maastricht to create their own audio podcasts. So for more episodes and more series, search for Student Radio Maastricht wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. The music in this episode was by Lee Rosevier, and the link can be found in the description. Thanks again, Ryan, for taking the time to talk to me about this, and thank you to the team of Student Radio Maastricht for making this possible. Until the next episode, thanks for listening.